Hello, my name is Carlos Ortega. Welcome to my final episode of my podcast called The Internet and Child Development. Over the past few episodes, I have tied what I learned from my psychology class with child development. I have also shared the negative and positive effects of the internet on child development. Ultimately, all of this information brings up more questions on how children should be using the internet. For this last episode, I'm hoping to give some recommendations for people who take care of children like parents, guardians, teachers, uh, daycare workers, or others. Uh, I'll be giving information from studies and articles that I found through my own research and through the unit of my class. Before I give recommendations, I wanted to share some data on the family media environments, parent concerns, media co-engagement, parenting scenarios and tools, and then parenting styles when it comes to the internet. The national survey called Parenting in the Age of Digital Technology was done by uh, Northwestern University Center on Media and Human Development. The survey includes 2,300 parents with children ages eight or under. The survey found that although the parents owned a television and more than half owned a smartphone and video game console, Parents' concerns included health, healthy and safety, social and emotional skills, behavior, school performance, literacy skills, and fitness and nutrition with about 20% for each concern. When asked about conflicts in the home over media use, over 70% disagreed with the statement, negotiating media uses cause, causes of conflicts in our home. Over 20% of parents partake in the U.S. The use of the internet with their children when the children are two to five years old and 50% of the parents use the internet with the children who are six to eight years old. When calming an upset child, more than 50% of parents use something else other than an internet-based technology, like a toy, book, or TV. When getting ready for bed, more most parents use a book. 70% of parents also disagree that smartphones and tablets make parenting easier. Continuing on with how parents set up rules on internet use, the next study conducted by Rong Wang, Suzanne Bianchi, and Sarah B. Rayleigh collected data from 749 American parents and their teenage children with internet access. The study found that the majority of parents re- reporting regulate, regulating their children internet use, but parents report more monitoring, which was about 61%, and teens report, which was about 38%. Multivariate regression analysis indicated fathers, younger parents, and parents who use the internet with their children, and parents with younger teens engage in higher level of parental monitoring. Despite the limits and rules, teens are less likely to subject to the internet rules as they age. Now that I have laid out how parenting, monitoring their children, I want to begin giving recommendations that I've learned about from various studies and articles. It's often thought that parents should limit the use of their children's internet use uh, they believe this for various reasons, whether it is, is because they believe the internet has negative effects, uh, for example, negative effects on their child's socialization, or when is it too much internet use or too little internet use. 
On the Pew Research Center, an article by Jingjing Jiang found that highly plugged in youth, however, are just as likely as their less connected peers to socialize regularly with their friends in person. According to a new analysis of the Pew Research Center survey data, um, highly connected teens report more contact with their friends compared with other teens. Also, according to the analysis, which comes amid concerns that screen time is taking away opportunities. Uh, the survey also finds that teens who use five or more social media sites are significantly more likely than teens who use fewer sites to talk to their friends online every day or almost every day. Uh, the findings coincide with the idea that children should be using the internet. A large-scale test of the Goldilocks hypothesis conducted by Andrew Brzezinski and Neto Weinstein shared interesting findings. Uh, the Goldilocks hypothesis is a form of hypothesis that describes the, that something that is too big, which in this study is too much screen time, is not very good. Also, something that is too small, which is too little screen time in the study, is not very good. Uh, in fact, something that is not too big or too little, just right in the middle, um, is better. So, for example, in this study, it is a moderate amount of screen time is just right. The American Academy of Pediatrics has recommended that parents limit total screen time for children older than two years to no more than one to two hours per day. They also recommend avoiding screen time for children younger than two years. The third recommendation is keep children's bedrooms free of screen media. And the fourth recommendation is co-view media with their children and discuss the content. In a new study published in the journal Child Development Research from the Oxford Internet Institute and Cardiff University conducted a study assessing the impact of screen time on children aged two to five. The team tested screen use guidelines recommended by the American Academy of Pediatrics, which as, as I stated before, proposed a limit of one to two hours per day as good for the psychological well-being of young children. They used data from over 2,000 telephone interviews with parents assessing children's technology use and well-being. The results found that limiting children's digital device use is not necessarily beneficial for well-being. Uh, they also say that while children aged two to five whose technology usage was limited in line with the AAP guidance showed slightly higher levels of resilience. This was balanced by lower levels of positive affect. Uh, further research indicates similar results to those reported in the recent study of adolescents that moderate screen use above the recommended limits might actually be linked to slightly higher levels of children's well-being. Lead author Dr. Andrew Brzezinski of the Oxford Internet Institute said, taken together, our findings suggest that there's little or no support for the theory 
that digital screen use on its own is bad for young children's psychological well-being. In fact, what is more important is how parents set rules about digital screen time and if they are actively engaged in exploring the digital world together. Alexandra Samuel stated what the best form of parenting style to use when children use the internet. Uh, She states that vilifying the device's place in family life may be misguided. It turns out that the most successful strategy, far from exiling technology, actually embraces it. Parents can be divided into three groups based on how they limit or guide their kids' screen time. The first group is the digital enablers, whose kids have plenty of screen time and access to devices. Uh, Only a third of parents they surveyed were enablers. Almost half of the parents of teens adopt this approach. Uh, Digital limiters, by contrast, focus on minimizing their kids' use of technology. This group was another another third of parents surveyed, through though nearly half of parents of preschoolers take the limiting approach. But there's a third group of parents who recognize that if the off switch is the only tool parents use to shape their kids' experience of the internet, they won't do a very good job of preparing them for a world in which more and more technologies are switched on every year. Digital mentors instead take an active role in guiding their kids onto the internet. They not only make up a third of parents overall, but a little more than a third of parents in each age range. Suggesting that this is an approach to digital age parenting that can actually sustain a family long-term. From the time baby for the baby first lays their hair hands, on the touchscreen all the way until she heads off for college. Mentors, in fact, may be the parents who are most successful in preparing their kids for a world filled with screens, working actively to shape their kids' online skills and experiences. As stated in the graphs shown in the article, Parents who report being mentors report spending more time with their children online. They're also more likely to research specific devices or programs for the kids. Uh, 44% of mentors do that at least once a week, compared to 31% of enablers and 40% of limiters. They are also the most likely to connect with their kids through technology rather than in spite of. 58% of mentors play video games with their kids every week compared to 42% of enablers and 30% of limiters. I can uh, speak on my own experience that my parents were uh, mentors when it came to internet use. Um, I would often remember using playing video games with my dad whether it was at night and we would really connect and bond through this way or whether it was uh finding the movie uh through the netflix streams um these internet-based technologies really brought me my brother and my dad close together and just shared and bonding times with them 
Um, continuing on, it seems to show that children of limiters are most likely to engage in problematic behavior. Uh, they're twice as likely as the children of mentors to access porn or to post rude or hostile comments online. They're also three times as likely to go online and impersonate a classmate, peer, or adult. Limiters, once they do get online, lack skills and habits that allow for safe and successful use of the internet. After sharing all of this information, I believe it is important for parents and others who take care of for children to see this podcast as a small step. Uh, we should continue to be consumers of research on the internet and child development. Uh, the, de- the internet is definitely here to stay um, and it will continue only continue growing and being a huge part of children's lives for years to come. Uh, going back to the research on socializing, I think it is important to notice that how this affects children's lives. There are a lot more apps that they can access that allows them to stay connected with their friends or family, even if they're not uh, close together. Um, For example, for me, I am able to connect with friends that I am not able to see every day. And I believe this uh, is beneficial for children of the future. But otherwise, I hope you enjoyed my podcast and thank you for listening.